All right, welcome back to the On Shuffle podcast. Uh, your host Daniel with the co-host Matthew. Um, this is an eventful uh, episode. I just want to apologize. We are uh, almost a week late. Uh, busy life right now. Um, so I was out of town. We couldn't record Sunday, and we've re- tried to record uh, almost every day this week. And things have come up. And uh, luckily, we're here tonight. And funny story. We started to do this podcast a little over an hour ago, uh, but of course we uh, we're having some technical difficulties. Uh, luckily, Matthew's smart and uh, he saved the day with the technology. and And, and here we are. We're getting started. We got a great episode for you tonight. A very fun one. Um, so, before we start, how you doing, dude? Uh, pretty good. Yes, been an evening already. Yeah. No uh, crap. Yes, but uh, thankfully we got this going, and we're gonna knock it out and hopefully have the problem fixed before next week won't go deep but i'll say this we are on our second laptop tonight yeah (laughs) so there you have it there's just a little insider right there um but nonetheless again we've got a fun episode for you tonight we're going to talk about some uh some good stuff uh matthew we had homework yep it was to uh listen to little wayne yep yep so uh brief history um so again, he uh, was born Dwayne Michael Carter Jr. And so you're telling me his first name's not Little? Oh, definitely not. Well, yeah, Little right. Wayne. Nope. Which, well, I was about to say <laughs> Wayne's not even his man in his name, but it is. So it's <laughs> Dwayne. Yeah. Uh, he grew up in the uh, outside of New Orleans uh, in a place called Holly Grove, which I guess is somewhat famous or popular. Um, when he first got started, he actually went by the name Gangsta D. Um, he was actually an A straight A student, but I knew he, that. But he, he uh, I guess, he found you know found music was a kind of better expression of his uh, self. Um, and his dad is what Birdman, right? Or, uh, or, I, don't, I don't think that's his dad. I know he was like a close. He was like his manager and like or like he. I know he broke away from Birdman uh, year, not too many years, awful years ago, um, but it was a whole deal where like Birdman basically owned his catalog, his music, or and I'm probably butchering that, but it was somewhere along those lines. It was an ugly breakup. Okay, yeah, okay, um, yeah, because I guess uh, Birdman was the CEO of Cash Money. Yep, there you go. Um, so anyway, obviously he uh, got famous in the early 2000s. Um, I think his first album actually came out originally. He's part of a group called the BGs. B dash G. Good freaking rap group back in the day. Um, the first album of his own came out in 2004. Um, and again, we see. Well, actually, no, that wasn't an album. It was a single. Mm-hmm. Um, when did his first album come out? I'm trying, trying to find that. Well, uh, I know the Carter uh, one came out in 2004. So 1999, his first album. Yeah, there you go. The Block is Hot. Freaking uh, banger! Yeah. So, uh, so again, obviously, we, uh, we all know Little Wayne. He's uh, he actually just released a new album. Um, I am music. Yep, I am music, and 
30, 30 roundup, 32 million listeners in Spotify. Wow. And he is the 97th in the world, artist wow. in the world. So he's uh, doing okay. Yeah, still, uh, still, still, still pretty popular. Yeah. Um, I, I, so I have a history with him. Um, he's kind of my bridge. Um, so as a youngster, um, you know, being a 90s kid, um, I liked rap music. I listened to a lot of rap music, and I still appreciate rap music. I don't think I've uh, I've hid that here. Um, you know, my my like for it. I, I don't listen to it every day. I don't even listen to it most days uh, or many days uh, anymore. But I, I do like rap music. Not new rap. Um, there's really nothing that I listen to that's new rap. Uh, but of course, the '90s rap and uh, and early 2000s. But uh, of course, kind of ventured away from that in my teenage years, somewhere in there, and um, probably late high school and, and then after. But Little Wayne's like one of the last ones that I stayed listening to, even though as I ventured into the Panteras and the Megadeths and all that, um, because the Carter, the first the Carter album, because I want to say there's two or three of them, um, that album came out in 2004, uh, bought that album, and it's one of those, we've talked about it many times on this podcast, where... Uh, you can put it in today, and I've not heard it in many years, but you can put it in today, and every song I remember, uh, and I remember which song's next, and you know what I'm talking about, that the loops and everything. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, and one thing I do miss about, like, uh, uh, liking a uh, lot like of rap music, um, like, especially Lil Wayne, is his albums would have freaking 20, 25 songs on them. Yeah. It's like and, a damn burnt CD. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was, uh, well, because I guess what, back, back in that time, it was still... I guess like obviously these are albums, but they started in like demo tapes and stuff, sure. and that's where kind of like that's what got I guess passed around first in yep. certain areas or communities, what have you, and um, and then eventually, uh, you know, I think obviously albums came out and they blew up because of his notoriety. But I think there's I mean, I don't of course I'm nowhere near an expert, uh, probably don't know half of it, but I think like. There are some probably mixtapes that are like probably more popular than yeah than albums, mm-hmm. um, no doubt. Um, but well, again, yeah. So like with him, you know, it was uh, he was uh, quite a lyricist mm-hmm. as far as his uh, uh, his songs. I guess that's one thing we're going back is you know back in the days when rap could have some fun and be you know a little tongue in cheek or you know uh, not be so serious yeah. or just all vibes or what you know like you know it's all how you're feeling or just like sound almost with like auto tune and stuff right which he did take advantage of actually later in his career but um great lyricist so yeah and it's funny because there's a video going around of um i don't know what he was what he was on it was some sort of interview or what have you and he was uh and he and he read off like like the interviewer i read off like this uh what song was it? It was uh, talking about a uh, safe sex is great sex. Better wear a latex before you get that. I'm late text. Oh, yeah. I don't know what song that's from, but Boy, he, that's fire. But the, the interviewer <laughs> read the it off say. to him and he was like, had not like he probably just forgot. Yeah, of course. He like he's asking, you know, that's the one in one of his songs that he wrote. And he was like almost like flabbergasted. He was just like. Like he was amazed. Like, well, in the and and see that's awesome. I didn't know that one. That's awesome. Uh, and real fast before I forget, uh, I was just looking at like the Carter, the Carter two, and I think like Father Like Son. Like there's three or four albums in a row. Um, there's 22 songs, 20 songs, 22 songs. They're all 20 plus songs. 
Um, but getting back to that, though, uh, one thing I always liked about his, his lyrics is he's a big sports fan. And yeah. uh, and of course, he's not he's not rapping about sports. That's not cool. Nobody's doing that. But he ties it in um, Two lyrics to stick out in my mind. One song. He's talking about drugs, of course. And, uh, and I shouldn't say that. It, it, you know what I'm saying? Um, and he says, I play the corner like Ripken. And then, uh, of course, he's, he's talking about Cal Ripken Jr., third baseman, Hall of Fame. And then there's another one where he says uh, he's talking about women. And he says, I hit it and walk off like Big Poppy. And uh, oh, he's like, damn, those are good. Those are so good. <laughs> Especially, yeah, as a sports fan. Like, yeah, right. get it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like, uh, you know, if I'm sitting there with him and, and he's and he's like, um, ooh, and he tells me what he's, you know, I play the corner like Ripken. I'm like, oh, shit, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. But um, very, you know, the funny thing. So I'm a big, I guess, long, uh, long way around it. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Um, always have been uh, back to the 500 degrees with uh, Juvenile. I think that was his first hit. Um, he was on that with Juvenile, if I'm not mistaken. But The Block is Hot was his first hit in 99. Damn banger of a song. Um, if, you, if you were in the 90s, you knew that song. It was like the biggest song in the, uh, in the world for uh, when it was out. I don't even remember. Um, I know it was 99. It seems like it was a summer song, but, of course, I just do not remember. Yeah, it came out in January. So, anyways. Um, but before I get off him, I want to say this. So I'm a big fan. I love Lil Wayne. I enjoyed listening to him this week. I went back and listened to the Carter and the Carter too. But um, it's funny because a lot of times with rap and metal, heavy metal like dark metal, your uh, your musicians are scary. You know what I'm saying in their own way. Like uh, so, for whatever reason, it's like the heavy dark metal and rap music. They're kind of imposing and scary and all that good stuff. But he's such a, he's just this little tiny guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's not masculine at all, which you don't have to be. I'm just saying it's just a statement. He's not masculine. Uh, he doesn't seem tough, um, but um, but he's rich. So, you know, <laughs> well, you know, and I think it would be like, and of course, thinking about the great lyricists out there in the, in the rap world. And uh, I guess for me personally, I am again, this is not a racist thing, but I big in it bit was big into eminem all the mm. way back and well he's still put out stuff but i mean we all know the know his prime we're all thinking about um and uh like so i think those two i know we did uh like a battle royale of uh the greatest hair metal bands mm -hmm. um so i think it would be cool to probably put like the best like rap well however we would phrase that it's rappers or best like rap lyricists oh yeah however we want to categorize a pick for all right well that's two little wayne and eminem and we can pick two other people to be the other two and that'll be the oh that'd be good kind of a debate dr dre yeah dr dre, you know yeah, or all yeah there's a whole yeah probably have to narrow it down a little list because there's probably like jay-z yeah 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 uh, a horse like biggie and yeah Tupac, Tupac. you know so we have maybe a uh couple of those maybe. yeah we got to do that and i and i i don't want to stray away here because but I, when i we and matthew get talking music man it's easy to but i gotta say this uh before i forget uh me and my wife went down a rabbit hole the other day because i'm a speaking of rap i'm a huge biggie and tupac fan and uh uh and it seems like this happens to someone every couple years um but she was kind of amazed about their age when they died and stuff because something came up about them and i was like and i mentioned that Tupac would be younger than her parents 
And she's like, no, there's no way. Like, you know, he died a million years ago. And I, I well, he was 24, 25 years old. Um, they both were, you know, and uh, they, they were born in the 70s, like 70, 71, somewhere in there. But uh, it's kind of baffling. You forget, like you think they had this. Uh, well, it goes back to you and I talk about the old uh, musicians, old bands of the, the late, the early days, rather the 60s, the 70s um, and how they this big catalog or this all this body of work in a short period of time and they're no different I, even though like biggie put out like his second album came out the year he died because he won artist of the year and single of the year the year he died it, his album came out 16 days after he died and the title of it which wasn't changed was i don't want to live uh, uh i don't want to live no more or no that's a big song on it or one of the songs off it hypnotize was a big song on it it was Life After Death. That was the name of the album. Oh, okay. okay. So, uh, yeah, very spooky, right? Yeah. Very morbid. But, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, sorry, a little tangent there. Yep. So, uh, we love rap, or I so, love rap. So, with, uh, again, Lil Wayne, definitely, because he was, uh, for me, I, you know, I, I wasn't in it from the beginning. I know all the kind of the bigger hits as far as uh, Lollipop and some other ones. That's the one off the top of my head. Uh, um so you know of course with rap he's also featured on a lot of stuff sure you know so um so again uh lollipop amelia i think what was that what carter was that carter three i guess one with the baby on it and the suit um yeah carter three that was big when i was in high school that came mm-hmm. out in 08 so yeah um so again and like i said and he's, he's definitely because obviously people all in their 30s like he is like a big deal oh yeah like, like, oh, well, I'm, I'm 31, you know, you're, what, 30, what, 7? 38. 38. Uh, your wife is, what, 30? 33. She'll be 34 in a few weeks. So, so uh, that's just obviously people we know mm-hmm. as far as, like, immediate. Uh, you know, I think you have more of a, a base as far as people in their 30s. Sure. But, like, you know, Lil Wayne's a big deal, um, especially, like, obviously still putting out stuff, but definitely nostalgic-wise. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's kind of like a kind of like dmx well probably more beloved than dmx but like you know he's someone that often you can put on or people still have like that's still in like on like in social media like stories all the time mm-hmm. you still see people bumping little wayne or what have you um yeah because so you know a lot of them beloved. didn't last like they didn't because this raps change uh and i'm not i'm not quoting uh that i feel like i'm quoting uh dr dre there raps change and uh but anyways i got off there uh, but it's changed and there's people like him is one of the few that kind of survived it. Like, you know, cause now I know it's called what they call it. Trap rap with like the, da, 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 you know, and yeah. all that stuff. Um, but, uh, he's, he's kind of like, he's more than the gates to rap days and he's kind of survived and like his stuff's still a big deal, you know? Yeah. And I would say maybe you definitely kind of the gangster rap, but also kind of like the rap when it's more, like I said, tongue in cheek kind of, yeah. like I'll say he's definitely a good, not a comp, but like good, like almost partnered with Eminem. Oh yeah, because Eminem also had the obviously serious, heavy stuff like mm-hmm. Mockingbird and mm-hmm. Toy Soldiers and stuff. But then he had stuff like, uh, real like real Slim Shady, and obviously his is Lollipop or you know something like that or a Millie. Whereas you know he's talking about you know God knows what yeah some, you know, nothing serious you right know, all just kind of tongue in cheek and he's definitely you know. I think the best artists have serious songs and sure. there's songs that are uh, just, you know, funny or making a joke. And it's, you know, 
I think the best artist is versatile. He's obviously the same way, even though he can't really play guitar that well. But yeah, you know, uh, but he does play. I do know that. Well, uh, oh, yeah, he's most famous for playing poorly. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I'm messing, but uh, but uh, and I and I want to say this too, real fast. Um, and I know that this is another rabbit hole, and maybe this is for another show, the long form of this. But I do want to say this I, I, for whatever reason, he comes to mind when I think of this. He's got a new album out, as you mentioned. It came out uh, in March, uh, the end of March, I think. Um, I am music. And, uh, and I haven't heard it, which I, you know, I'm sitting here talking about how big a fan I am. And of course, I, I you know, I've not even heard the album that's been out almost a month. But I sometimes I wonder when they get to a certain level, uh, musicians, um, like, because I've not heard much about it, and which is crazy. And I'm sure it's doing great numbers and stuff, downloads and what have you, uh, because he, he's a megastar. But, um, What's the motivation? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the motivation? Like, he's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, you know, I'm I'm assuming he's he's worth a lot. Um, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's got that um, fu money. You know, yeah, and he's probably produces and stuff. Too. Oh, of you course, know, he probably has a lot. You know, stuff in the background that he's not featured on. Exactly. So, so sometimes I wonder what's the motivation, and uh, and of course I know you could. I mean, it's easy. I mean. Money, of course. So you put out another al- another album, gonna make money. But as far as making a good album, like uh, and pouring your heart into it, and like wanting to be like the Carter and the Carter Two, and uh, what's you know, sometimes I just wonder what the motivation is, if there's any. Uh, well, obviously there's got to be some, but um, if well, there's any besides money. Well, because it's all because you know, think about the, you know, we're more definitely more versed in, well, music in general. So like this, so. Think about that, you know, the great rock bands that have these long, storied careers. I mean, like, let's think of one like uh, a Judas Priest, yeah, or or Queen. They, they probably went for a good 20 years, yep. Uh, you know, the or well, Led Zeppelin had a short lifespan, yeah, had a short lifespan. So, trying to think of these long lasting bands, Kiss, yeah, Kiss, uh, Van Halen, there you, you go. Know, so, I'll say that like a 10 or 15 years. Um, I guess eventually it goes to like obviously because obviously at a certain point you have enough money to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, so you're not like, I don't want to say as hungry, but it's not as like, I'm doing this to survive. Or right. I'm doing this for the passion. I think it's just them having you know, dr- draw inspiration out, I guess. Sure. It's like, uh, you know, finding inspiration in other things. Because obviously I think, you know, longer artists is around, you can definitely see their music changing I right mean, like uh i think it's because we're talking rap so let's say someone like eminem or little wayne who still puts out music i know like little uh, eminem's most recent stuff is kind of just like him uh, talking like you know well i guess a lot of people probably drive inspiration from politics or the world yeah especially these like, days um beefing with somebody because some you know i know machine gun kelly tried talking smack to eminem and obviously that didn't go well no not at all but uh so i guess it's just what people draw inspiration from i mean yeah. like somebody like bon jovi which some music nowadays is not really good at all no. but it's more political like in this, their 80s stuff was more well you know all of the above more fun loving yeah no you're you're exactly right because because you think about it you have it has to be something whether it's politics or, or whatever it is because uh, especially in this day and age you know back in the day those guys can go in and say, you know what? It's uh, uh, we'll just go write a uh, make an album, and 
will make a lot of money. And like a guy like him, who's already set, uh, we're still on Little Wayne. He's already set. Um, he he goes and makes an album, but that album's not gonna make him much money these days. You know what I'm saying? It's the it's the touring, it's the you know doing live stuff and and all the other things that uh, the merch and all this that's making the money. Yeah. So um, you know, but again, he might be at a stage because I know some of them are like this. He's at the, he might be at a stage, and I he hell he might tour. 365 i really don't know uh but you know it might be at the stage where it's just like you know what i don't tour as much but i still want to do music uh mm-hmm. because uh it is a passion and i do love it but um Which, uh, i don't need the money so uh i do want to wrap while, while we're wrapping this up uh someone our friends with did go see little wayne recently oh really so he is doing stuff mm-hmm. i guess he was in north carolina somewhere um so he is you know still doing it nice uh you know obviously in promotion I sure imagine. uh so again, you know, I think it's uh, he's obviously an all-time great. You know, he's because he's, I think, obviously there's a lot of characteristics of the greats that are, you know, you can draw upon. But there are part of it is nostalgic because you know they have all these hit songs that you know, but then it's like their ability to grow and still do it after 20 years or what have yeah. you. Yeah, and it's still like the longevity, of course, that only the greats have. I mean, I think there are some people that have like they are so great because they were like in like in, in, insanely intensely great yeah in like a short period of time like a pack of beatles or like a we mentioned god ccr mm-hmm. uh these groups that are like were probably the hottest you could probably ever be in, in such a short time span i guess insane but then but they did it for such a short period of time but then there's like a judas priest who's been doing it for 40 years like mm-hmm. right? rolling stones been doing it for 40 years or you know 60 years <laughs> yeah well honestly and little wayne's probably been doing it for 20, 20 yeah like 20 years so um he's definitely great an all-time great yeah no doubt um so that was little wayne hey I, you know what it went longer i, I was uh expecting tonight i know we usually don't go that long on homework but um but yeah. you know what that's it, that's an interesting one man i didn't think about you know uh and especially to this week i forgot exactly how much i you know i liked him so uh hope you guys enjoyed that now the main topic we got tonight uh matthew came up with this idea as he normally does um and i'm excited about it i'm going to turn it over to you but i just want to say this uh while you explain it before you explain it um i there's a million things uh that i uh want to say tonight but I don't remember, and I'll remember them later. You know what I'm saying? So go ahead and tell us what it is, dude. So, uh, so again, inspiration uh, struck as they do, just in the middle of nowhere. And I think, as you know, since we've been podcasting for a while now, I think we've obviously become more prone to um, almost like writing down inspiration, or pretty much, or telling each other inspiration. Yeah. And like as soon as it strikes. Um, so uh so again it popped up in you know again my mind that uh needle drops um so again so to describe a needle drop um it's you know of course uh a point in the movie when uh i'll say a pop song but not the genre pop but you know not classical music or, or musical score but this is like a song a pop song that's on the radio comes on for any reason and it's almost illustrates the scene or underscores it. It kind of uh, like a memorable moment, I mm-hmm. guess, is like the director's way of saying uh, this is important or this is awesome. And we're going to like underline it and like you need to know the song in this moment. Um, 
So with needle drops, this was, I guess, inspiration of, you know, kind of incorporating music and movies, TV shows. And again, since this is a music podcast, um, talk about musics and movies that are memorable, memorable to us, our favorites, some deep cuts, because the inspiration just to kind of get into probably just rapid fire back and forth. Um, what my inspiration was actually watching the movie, the lost boys. Okay. Uh, so again, uh, one of my favorites, I, you know, I think I love this movie more than a, a normal person should for it to be a movie from the late eighties that I think Alex winter, who was in the movie was said that they were all insanely out of their mind off of drugs. Making <laughs> it. Um, but again, as an eighties vampire movie, is awesome yeah and the most memorable moment and it's funny because like talking to move talking about movies with people because there's this uh i used to work with uh uh i'll still work with one of them but a couple people that one's older than me but also like a younger girl who's like in her 20s so uh but she's she's a movie buff so like talking to someone older and younger than me and we're talking about somehow the lost boys came up and the scene that we all talked about was the grease, if you've seen the movie, I'm just going to describe the scene. There's a, a, a boardwalk in some California beach town. This huge, jacked up muscle guy playing the saxophone. Uh, he, his actual real name is Tim Capello. His song, song's called I Love I That still, You Know That. I, well, I, 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 I would not have known. Uh, I Still Believe uh, is the song. And okay. It's a very memorable moment in the song. Uh, song. The movie is not well known. Like The song's Probably wasn't on the radio, not that I knew of. Gotcha. But it's just memorable because it's such like a cheesy 80s moment. You know, movies don't do that sort of cheesiness anymore. And 80s was obviously the best for it. Of course. So, again, just to put off like a memorable one for me, uh, from The Lost Boys. And there's that whole movie has some great songs on it. But shouting out that one just because it's so weird. It just, again, this huge Jack, you know, wrestler looking guy. Yeah you know and he's playing the saxophone and he's you know it's awesome well okay so i'm trying to think if i want to dip my toes in or i want to jump in all the way first i'm going to dip my toes in uh and this isn't even really a song but uh it's, it keeps sticking in my head and i do have songs i didn't mess this list up or these the ones i got up but uh this just kept popping my head there's a movie old robert Red, redford movie the natural uh at the end of the movie he uh he hits the lights um he hits a home run he busts the lights out the lights are going off and uh f- you know f- freaking looks like fireworks as he runs the bases in the dark and uh it's the score of the the uh the movie uh, so the, I, there, I don't have an artist for you or anything like that. It's just a movie score when he does that. Uh, and it's so beautiful. It's, it's memorable to me. It sticks out to me. It's a memorable move, uh, moment in movies as well, sports movies for sure. Uh, but that, that's the first one. I'm dipping my toes in with that. All right. So um, another one here. Um, another one, you know, again, so a lot of these movies may be, like I said, Lost Boys may have May or may not be the deepest cut. I mean, it, it, I think it's a popular movie, cause, but you know, yeah, who knows? You know, if you don't know the movie, go watch the movie, watch that scene because it's awesome. Yeah. Another one, um, I think, and just to preface this, the um, the James Bond movies, mainly, well, all of them, mm, frankly, I got this. There's a whole kinds of all kinds of songs for all those movies that are memorable. Um, 
And just to shout out one, so this is definitely a personal favorite, probably for me and Daniel both, yep. one of our favorites, uh, from the movie Casino Royale. Um, again, the first movie with Daniel Craig. Uh, Chris Cornell has a song called yep. You Know My Name. Yep. And the way they, I guess, I can't speak for all the James Bonds, but with all the Daniel Craigs, they have like a intro scene, like a, well, like a, a credit scene. So there's no, right. like, I have nothing going on. Because they create some sort of graphic, you know, to kind of illustrate the song, and it's way better than it should yeah. be. I mean, it's again, it's a Chris Cornell because obviously he shreds; he's awesome. Uh, but again, it's not Soundgarden. It's not even his solo stuff. It's like almost like left field in his catalog. It's not not similar to anything else he's done. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's just because I know he kind of wrote the song along with the. Like there's a James Bond music, yes, uh, a theme music producer or whatever you kind gotcha, of works gotcha, with all mind. of the movies. Yeah, uh, so you worked with him to write the song, and again, it's it's like I said, it's a like a blip as far as Chris Cornell's catalog is different, mm -hmm. and it's such a good song. He very so good on it. Very good, good choice right there. <laughs> yeah, I like that one, dude. That's a good one. Um, okay, you're jumping in time i jump in with you um a movie i used to love um and it has one of the one of my i think one of the best rap songs of all time in it uh the scene um denzel has this badass uh black car he's a cop it's training day and the song is still dre by dr dre sweet such a badass song um i think uh, that's a very respected song across uh, all genres of music. Uh, you know, seems to be very popular amongst people. Uh, and the scene, it's a badass movie. If you've never seen Train Today, of course you need to see it. It's just just a badass movie, um, and it's a badass scene. So uh, there you have it. Jumping in. Um, so I'm saying in the '80s, and there's the '80s may, may have been the best decade for needle drops yeah there's another one and this is definitely this may be the deepest cut okay go but then again i said that about lost boys <laughs> in the very weird and honestly for me creepy still movie uh labyrinth mm. of course with uh who made this movie the guy who did all of the muppets for the muppets muppet show uh whoever gets sorry i don't know that guy's poor name he's very famous and popular um Anyway, um, he very weird movie. A lot of puppets, you know. In general, it's a uh, it's uh, Jim Henson is his name. That's the guy who did all the famous puppeteer, you know. Obviously, um, it's about this the Goblin King, played by of course David Bowie. Uh, honestly, he's worth price of admission. Yep, that you can suffer through that weird movie <laughs> just to see David Bowie. Just uh, be awesome and a little side note if you want to see um flight of the concords they have a little skit um i'll say a skit on their show flight of the concords uh good show where um a guy dreams and one of the he dreams <laughs> in multiple david bowie's <laughs> yes and one of them he's the other guy's dressed as david bowie in labyrinth uh so again great scene but Back to my deep cut. I didn't get to the song yet. Okay. A weird song called Magic Dance is kind of a, like I said, it's just from this weird movie. I honestly might have seen that movie once. This song definitely stuck out. and But it came up on Shuffle and just like a, you know, on Spotify somewhere. And 
it's so good and it's so funny because like reading up about it david bowie was very dedicated like he wrote all the music he wrote all the lyrics he like he took it very serious this, yeah this weird fucking movie and again his magic dance is not david bowie's best but it's probably my favorite you, you know you gotta check it out sweet dude i like that uh Okay, you hey, we're we're rolling now, fellas. We're yeah, rolling. We're going. Um, okay, so um, uh, this one right here is a little off, uh, different as far as bad, not so much bad. It is badass. I, you know what? I'm about to talk myself out of it. It's badass. Um, it's not adrenaline badass. It's emotional badass. But um, I'm not a huge like superhero movie Marvel. Uh, I like the Batman and Superman movies and those, but um, the Marvel ones, I've never really seen many of them, but one of them I have seen is uh, Logan, uh, which is a Wolverine, and there's a Johnny Cash scene uh, of Hurt with uh, with Wolverine. Uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, Hugh Jackman. Um, and, uh, and it's, I don't know, it's a sweet moment. It's, uh, it's one of those full circle in the movies, uh, in the movie. Um, but, um, you know, it's like the moment you kind of fall in love with the guy and like uh, in the movie and realize a big tough guy's uh, human and got uh, got a heart. And nonetheless, uh, we've all heard uh, Johnny Cash's uh, Hurt uh, song later in his life. Um, that's very um, sweet, but off putting. Um, you know, I, I don't really know how to explain that song. Yeah. Very off putting. Um and I sound like I'm saying pudding, but I'm not putting. Uh, very off putting, but yep, there you have it. Check it out. Um, oh yes, yeah, so again, uh, another '80s. I promise, I promise, won't stay in the '80s. Stay in the '80s, dude. Uh, but uh, Terminator 2. Oh, very okay. famous. Uh, and I love that they've revisited this in other Terminator movies. Most famously, young John Connor cruising around uh, Los Angeles on a dirt bike, uh, listening to "You Could Be Mine" by the great Guns N' Roses. And I think because we were talking about obviously Guns N' Roses and their greatest hits, you know, obviously a few weeks ago. Um, this song, well, it was very popular because of the movie. But that might be, personally, might be my favorite Guns N' Roses song. It's so just, it's perfect. I mean, I probably, you know, again, it has everything. Uh, it, it encapsulates all of Guns N' Roses as far as what I like about them. Yeah. And with that movie, obviously, again, uh, nothing special. Well, it's a, it's a good movie. It's very actually pretty, you know, really good. Uh, obviously, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Terminator, um, finding another uh, liquid metal guy. Yeah, all you need to know. Uh, it's very good. Um, so again, um, and also just to tag team it. Um, same actor in a different movie. Okay. Um, Detroit Rock City. Oh, a whole movie dedicated to Kiss. Pretty much. Yes. Not a group of friends going to see Kiss and the hijinks they get into. Um, not really a needle needle drop in that particular one movie. Yeah, because there's is all kiss, it's right? All kiss. So, uh, so again, uh, both those uh, tied tie them up together. Okay, I'll throw one at you. Uh, to contradict what you just said, I actually had this on my list. It's kind of funny. Uh, in that movie, Detroit Rock City, there's a uh, they have actually a Thin Lizzy song in there, and it's a badass scene. They have jailbreak in that song. They're breaking out of the uh, Catholic Church yeah. school. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Tonight. There's gonna be, and I don't know if yeah, I can see this yeah, on the podcast, yeah. but uh, there's going to be a, a fun time. But uh, anyways, badass scene in the movie um, that is Thin Lizzy Jailbreak on uh, Detroit Rock City. All right, so again, uh, great movie, definitely one you should watch if you're a Kiss fan. Of course, um, 
So, uh, so again, moving on. So trying to think, and I guess this is a good, good time to make a quick uh, comment that, um, I would say we should talk about maybe gun, not guns and roses, uh, um, ACDC as a whole. Oh, for some reason they have become like the almost a quintessential like, like you know a, a lot of Marvel movies used uh, or Marvel. I think Deadpool did it. If there's like an action scene or anything, you're probably going to hear Thunderstruck. Yeah, or no uh, doubt. What's another? What's another popular uh, ACDC song they use? Um, it's all Brian Johnson stuff, so it's never actually any. Uh, my favorite era of uh, so highway. Oh no, some highway to hell, thunderstruck, back in black, TNT. So and again, all these songs that are for some reason hits with movies. So not to really shout out any specific one because uh, there's so many ACDC needle drops. So yeah. Um, so again, if you you've definitely heard ACDC in a Marvel movie. Before. Yeah. All right. So uh, going to. Pull it back down the mood a little bit. Uh, and this is kind of a, I don't know, this is a weird one, but uh, if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Boogie Nights, a uh, movie from the 90s with Mark Wahlberg. There's, uh, you know, it's got its highs and lows like movies do. Uh, but uh, Night Ranger, Sister Christian yeah, in that movie. It's a, a pretty scene. badass. Yes, very good scene. Yeah, so, um, uh, I guess to elaborate on the scene, it's uh, the go see a drug dealer. Yep. And uh, the drug dealer is obviously high, and very high. Uh, he's just a night ranger. Yeah, it's just like a so because uh, I guess looking back, that song's kind of a joke, kind of. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's an eighty song, so it's you know, it's easy to make fun of. Let's say that. Um, and he's listening to it, and he's rocking out to it. So again, memorable scene, memorable song. Um, again, another one of my favorites. So moving forward. Um, God, there's so many good ones. Um, Very good ones. Uh, another one, and it just, you know, just popped up. Um, I got to go back to the '80s. So again, okay. um, oh man, there's a couple of. Uh, I'm about to do two. Um, okay. So Patrick Swayze movies. All right. One is in Dirty Dancing. It's the scene with uh, Hungry Eyes, where he's kind of teach, teaching. Uh, what's her name? Jennifer. Jennifer Bill? No, that's not her name. Um, baby in the movie. Let's say that. Uh, how to dance? Do like the choreographed dances he's doing. So, Hungry Eyes. Yes, song. good one. Uh, like again, a song that I probably only heard from that movie. Yeah, um, this song's probably not honestly worth listening without that movie. But again, it's a great, great montage and great use of that song. Um, Very good. And another one, and this is really good. Uh, not to not to t- pull myself up here, but uh, in Roadhouse, um, what well, just a, a shout out in that movie, um, again Roadhouse, I think it's well known, famous movie. Uh, Patrick Swayze is a uh, what's his name, uh, bouncer, um, a bouncer, yeah, or what's he called himself in the movie, a uh, finisher shit. or closer or. Oh uh, God! He's 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 like a he's like a famous roadie. Yeah, uh, not roadie. But he comes into town to, to to bring order back to the bar. Yeah, know? yeah. So whatever, whatever his actual job. Is. Yeah, whatever. Uh, again, uh, the great Jeff Healy. Yep, was in that movie, kind right. of the bar band, and um, 
and again, Jeff Healy, you probably only know him from that movie. Um, but what if he the, saw the movie? Who? No, no. Nah. Go ahead. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, he, uh, near the end of the movie, he had this, his song kind of closes out, kind of goes with the credits. Uh, when the night comes falling. Yeah. And again, uh, Jeff Healy, because, you know, because I guess for those that don't know, he was a blind guitar player, blues guitar player, around the same time as Stevie Ray Vaughan. So probably early, well, pretty much the 80s. You know, I think he passed away in the 90s, I think, or I think 90s. Um, but his ability to play the guitar is amazing because, of course, no, he's, he's blind. Amazing. But he plays. Again, you have to check it out. I don't want to describe it and butcher what he actually does. But when the night comes falling, uh, again, from Roadhouse, Jeff Healy, check it out. All right, I got one for you. I'm going to go past the uh, past the 80s. I'm going to the 70s. I'm going to one of the most badass movie scenes. Um, John Travolta, Walking the Street, Saturday Night Fever, Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. Such a badass scene. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you – Sometimes, if you're of a certain age, you you don't think that um, I'm sure you probably don't think that like disco can be badass. But if you go back and watch like that movie and you see like John Travolta and, and it's like okay, that's pretty badass. Um, so definitely, when you have to check out, it is memorable in in uh, movie history. Uh, but yeah, I'm going with that. Oh yeah, again, that's a great one. Uh, you know, again, I think all these are I don't want to say obvious, but they are memorable very yeah, memorable for you know for the movie and um let me you know get, get another one here because i'm looking i'm looking at a list but more look less looking at it for inspiration um and i'm trying to think of a modern one so because I, I you know the 80s the 70s are memorable the 90s i mean uh in the movie days they confused just uh another thing we mentioned this one last week but the movie days and confused in the very very beginning um again if you just don't know the movie takes place it's a come out in 90 or 91 but it takes place in the 70s actually 79 and it's the last day of high school and the first thing you see is this orange i think it was a hemicuda or you know muscle car to say that pulling into the parking lot in sweet emotion by aerosmith came on yeah and uh it's perfect that song kind of comes in that comes in and out of that movie um and the, but that's like I think I like that song because of the movie, honestly, because it's just used so good in that movie. Um, you know, so again, that sweet emotion. That's a good one. And just to shout out another Aerosmith song, I don't want to miss a thing. Oh, and yeah. Armageddon. Very good. Uh, you know, say what you will about the science in the movie. It's very. They use that song in such a heartbreaking way. Yeah. And like for me, listening to that song, it's not. I mean, I get this the sentimentality of it i get how it's emotional but it's not sad at least when i listen to it today but in the context of that scene it's so sad no very sad. obviously you know yeah he's gonna die spoiler alert bruce willis is, dies in it uh pause this part of the, yeah, the show well, and, <laughs> and go yet yeah, too late too you already know we, we spoiled it sorry guys Armageddon. Uh, yeah we uh we should really shit the bed there sorry about that. like it's 25 years old at least uh, but okay. again, uh, check out, check out yeah, both those. I had that one too. Uh, okay, I'm going to throw a couple at you. One of my all-time favorites uh, comes from a 1992 movie or 90. Anyways, um, 
Wayne's World, Bohemian Rhapsody. I love that one. Um, And, of course, the song Queen, uh, you know, got to love that. But uh, if you're too young and you've never seen that movie, go back and watch it. It's a uh, scene. They're riding in the car. Uh, The guys are going out. They're having a good time. They're singing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And uh, the funny part about it, though, is, like, they're all mouthing the words. They're not actually saying they're mouthing the words. And when it gets to Garth, um, he... You just have to see it. Like, I guess it shows up close to his face, and he doesn't know the lyrics, uh, so he's just kind of mouthing. Like, he's not saying anything, you know, if he was uh, if he was making a, a sound. Um, and then, of course, he gets to the headbanging scene. You got four or five guys in the little car. Uh, just a memorable scene. One of my all-time favorites. Uh, so, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, Wayne's World, and uh, I'm going to go back-to-back on you here. Uh, I'm going to go back old school on this one. I'm going one of the most obvious answers out there uh, that's probably stuck in most people's heads if they think about this for over 10 minutes. I'm going I, the Tiger by the band Survivor and Rocky yeah, Three. Definitely. Yeah. Um, just memorable. I mean, and the thing about that song, uh, for me personally, and if you disagree, I, I'd love to know. I don't know anyone who says, I've got that song in my library. I love that song. Big Survivor fan. None of that. But it's one of those songs, you see it in the context of a movie, it's always, it grabs you. It's just like, oh shit, things are getting real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And I think what's, uh, again, what's fun about the needle drops is that, of course, it's, it just almost makes these, like, especially if it's a song that you know, you enjoy, and it comes in in the movie you're not expecting or what have you, and it's just like, Almost like kind of like those reaction videos. You think like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it makes you want to listen to that song again. No doubt. Even if it's a song like you know you've heard a million times. Um, so um, I guess throw a couple more here. Um, so let me see. Um, okay, so I guess going back to uh, again the eighties, the. Um, don't you forget about me? Ooh, good one! And, I forgot about uh, that. Breakfast Club. Yep. Um, again, I think that song. That song is so tied to that movie. Like, you know, you you can only think of that song by and think about that movie. You know, so they're so tied together. Um, so again, don't you forget about me by the band Simple Minds. I like that. Another another band that you kind of forget how big they were. Kind of like what's that other Tears for Tears for Fears? Oh yeah, a group where like they're they were Monsters. so big. But you like, almost had no idea, almost. Yeah, you didn't know. you were at, in, there in the time. That's right. Um, so, again, such a great song. In that movie, again, because that's near the end of the movie when they're all leaving detention. And, uh, yeah. You know, the kind of whole point of the movie, how they're all different, but obviously uh, the adults don't get them or what have you. So, again, um, just just a great, great movie. Yeah, very good. Song. I like that. Uh, then my, my next one's uh, more fun. Um, and I had to include it tonight because it's always stuck with me. Um, it's one of those movies nobody takes serious, but I don't know anybody who dislikes School of Rock, uh, Jack Black, the end of the movie, the, the, the kids, Jack Black, they, uh, or Mr. Schneebly, uh, they, uh, prepare for a, uh, concert or, or battle of bands. Um, and they get out there and they rock it. It's very, uh. It's very ACDC-ish, if I remember. I can't remember offhand, but it's just I just it's, remember being uh, very catchy. Yeah, well, they play. Um, I, I thought I know because one was just written, like a song written for the movie. Yes, um, and it's very good. Yeah, um, 
yeah, um, talking about, yeah, whatever yeah. the name of that song is. Uh, um, is it not called School of Rock? It may be. It may be. It's I don't know. I've seen that movie. Uh, while you're while while you're doing your next one, I'm going to look it up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um. So again, the next one, and okay. So I have to shout out this movie. It's a weird movie, but it's I do enjoy it. It's one of my favorites, and it's definitely one of the kind of the one of the times, few times in movies where they actually talk about music, where they actually talk about talk about like a a band uh in the movie. Uh, American Psycho. Um, so again, the great Christian Bell movie. Um, he is yeah yeah he's invited Jerry Leto over to his place, and he starts talking about Huey Lewis and the news hmm. uh, out of the blue. And he's uh, obviously if you've seen the movie, uh, Christian Bell is I guess he's going insane, putting it that way, or he's already insane when you first meet the guy. Very good. He um, uh, he's planning on killing Jerry Leto. And he puts on Huey Lewis in the news, and he starts talking about, uh, like, just a commentary on Huey Lewis and how he thinks they started, got into their own when this uh, album came out, whatever. And he plays the Power of Love, I think it's but not Power, uh, I think it's Power of Love. Anyway, in two seconds into that song coming on, he chops him up into pieces with an axe. Mm. So again, it's uh, kind of a kind of a contradiction between uh, what that song. <laughs> You know, Huey Lewis in the news and, uh, you know, killing Jared Leto with an axe in the movie. So, uh, again, just a, kind of a funny scene, a weird movie, but it's one uh, I think we all enjoy. Yeah. So again, uh, it's a good one. Yeah, very, very, very good. And I think the name of that song is, uh, I think it's Teacher's Pet. But, um, yeah, yes, it, does I mean, that sound right? That sounds right, yeah. Okay, so, uh, I think it's Teacher Pet, but it could, it also could be School of Rock. Uh, and, um, uh, but yeah, very good, man. Um, I've got a couple more. Uh, one of them is a very obvious one, I think. I think this would be a popular one if you went around and polled, um, other human beings. Uh, but, little old sports movie from the 90s, Varsity Blues, a Foo Fighter song, My Hero. Um, very, very cool, um, very cool scene and very cool, uh, you know, song in it, but, and everybody knows that song. It's just a, just a good Foo Fighters song. I mean, hell, you know, it's good. So, uh, and I think when I hear that song, just it kicks in, everybody knows it. And I always think varsity blues, uh, the big game. So, uh, nonetheless, varsity blues. Um, and just to go back to a previous podcast we've done probably, Maybe a year. Well, not quite a year, but coming up on a year. Um, um, it's from the TV show Stranger Things. Mm. Uh, most recently, Running Up That Hill by... Uh, damn it, I just forgot the name of that woman. Um, shit. Um, damn it, I'm going to look this up. I'm upset now. Because <laughs> uh, how can I forget this song? It's so popular. Kate Bush. Yes. Kate Bush. Good. So, uh, so again, running up that hill by Kate Bush, a song that took over the nation. It was so popular, and it's funny because like, what was I? Um, I was I listening to the radio or was it a playlist on Spotify? Anyway, they're talking about like these. Oh, it was um, a local radio station called Bob FM. They're known just for just playing like older hits, like mm-hmm. nothing, no deep cuts, no nothing like that. It's all. Again, like Simple Minds or Tears, Tears for Fears or, you know, songs like that. 
and it's talking about saying the greatest of all time. That's the kind of the tagline. And they play Kate Bush nice. running up the hill. So it's thinking, obviously, it's a good song. But that TV show, obviously, like that song would not have been in any all time list. Let's put on, let's just uh, cut the mustard and tell the truth. Yeah. Know? That song would not be on all time list. It's a good song, but no one besides Kate Bush fans gave two shits about Kate Bush, True honestly. That. Until that show came out, used her song, and it was such like, you know, that song uh, really underscores the emotion of the scene of that whole show, well, season four anyway. So again, Kate Bush running up the hill. Except for, uh, I do know a famous Kate Bush fan. Uh, I don't know how many people know this one, but uh, Tupac, uh, big big Kate Bush fan. Tupac and another rapper, what's his name? Uh, was Andre three thousand or Big no, Boy? Big Boy, Big Boy, yeah. Outcast, yeah. Yeah, I knew. I heard about. Well, you told me that. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Tupac definitely Bush. big fan. Uh, uh, also ballet guy. Yeah. Anyways, we'll go down that rabbit hole one day. Uh, 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 speaking of that show, uh, another big f- uh, scene I always loved. Uh, Eddie on top of the trailer with the amps and the guitar, uh, Master yeah, of Puppets, yep, yep. Uh, Metallica. Uh, just a very badass scene, uh, heroic scene. Um, and what more heroic uh, can you get than a badass tune of Metallica and Master Puppets? So, um, I always, always love that dude. That's always one of my one of my favorite ones. I got one more for you tonight, man. Um, and um, this is a more personal one. Um, you know, I mentioned in uh, this past year, sometime or another, and I've mentioned a couple of times since in passing, like the Peacemaker show, HBO Max. Um, uh, one of the best soundtrack uh, shows uh, I've ever heard of. Uh, they really give some of the smaller bands uh, and just some of the more um, the new age rock and roll artists some love and some uh, playtime, some airtime. Um, and there's a really cool scene in the uh, at the end of one of the episodes where you know shit's about to get real in the future episodes. Um, and uh, Monster by Reckless Love is playing. So uh, that's Reckless Love, the song titled Monster. Uh, it's just a really cool scene that sets up. Uh, you you know, like the 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 cha- there's a shift and uh, shit's about to get real and uh, a lot of slow mo, a lot of everything. And that song's playing, and um, it's just it's it's fast. It's awesome. It's just so awesome. Um, but that is a more personal one. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm not gonna bullshit you guys. I had a tear in my eye when I heard that thing on, on that show. Uh, not sitting there bawling or anything like that. Just a little tear in my eye, uh, thinking, "Man, uh, this band that I like, this foreign band, who you know, I'm sure there's not, uh, they're not big at all. They're not even, you know, they're not even a, a blemish on the American charts or anything. But here they are getting play in one of the biggest shows of the year. So uh, that's my last one for tonight. Uh, I do want to shout out. Um Another one from Stranger Things, just because it's one that I caught being a huge Queen fan and such a deep. Oh, I say deep cut. I mean, you know, I'll say it's a deep cut for Queen songs. Yeah, it's a very small okay. scene. It's from season. I want to say season two um, of Stranger Things. It's a scene of Dustin and Steve in a car. They're driving to some location. Okay, and they're listening to Hammer to Fall. Oh, from, yes. Of course, Queen. Uh, and again, it's a deep cut because of all the Queen songs, they chose Hammer to Fall. Which I mean, they could have chosen any other Queen song, and it, that was more popular. They could have played, you know, 
there's seven, eight other popular Queen songs of above that one, but they chose this one. So you know that one just always sticks out in my mind. Um, so again, uh, so uh, needle drops. You know, a lot of fun. There's a lot of them out there. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, and think about how many we're gonna miss uh, tonight, tomorrow. You, the, the, you're driving to work Monday, and you're like, "Damn, I forgot about or that." One. You're watching a movie. Yeah, there oh, you go. It's gonna be like, "Okay, this is really good." Yeah. Um, I just a very small. It's not even a needle drop, I would say. But in the movie, what's that? It's uh, thirty minutes or less. It's a uh, a movie of a. It's kind of a stupid movie. I've only seen it once or twice, but I remember this from it. Um, uh, Jesse Jesse Eisenberg is he's on sorry they're kind of friends they're one's a pizza delivery driver anyway they're tasked with robbing a bank or else they'll be blown up by the bomb they're wearing hmm. well anyway the villain is um what's his name guy that plays Kenny Powers oh uh, Danny McBride Danny McBride his ringtone is uh um uh Rain and Blood. Oh, uh, so is when his phone rings, it's you know, hear the main riff in Random Blood. So yeah, it's like, okay, that's awesome. If obviously it's just a cell phone, it's not a needle drop, but just want to shout it out because it's, I still remember it and it's still awesome. It's yeah, funny. Yeah, that's, um, that's uh, I like that. That's a good one. So, um, um so again, this is a fun topic. You know, yeah. we can go forever. We can. Um, it's some deep cuts, some good songs. All the songs I'll do, we do sign off on. Um, so uh, you got anything for us this week, man? Any any uh, shout outs? Anything? Um. Uh, nothing new. I don't think. Um, nothing new to shout out. Like I said, it's been uh, kind of caught up in the uh, NFL draft, so a yeah. lot of podcasting, but uh, not a lot of music or anything new anyway. Yeah. So uh, I'll let you take it over. Okay, man. I got one, and uh, and I won't bore you guys tonight. There's a uh, there's a band that uh, is. 40 plus years old um they were spotted in the late 80s by none other than gene simmons um they end up signing with, i think it's casablanca that's the uh, yeah they, uh, they end up getting signed to the casablanca record company uh that kiss is on um they're a band named angel they're a glam band from back in the day they're kind of like they, they had a lot of similarities to like kiss as in like their gimmick was they're always in white um very flamboyant group american band which is kind of shocking when you hear the music um but they put out an album this week uh today excuse me um and it's um i'll say this there is a couple songs on it uh that's pretty damn good uh pretty damn good so it's a pleasant surprise i've not listened to the whole thing yet uh the other 10 songs could be dog shit i really don't know um but i know uh they're off to a good start but uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and uh, I'm definitely going to give it a shout. I give it. A sh- I'm giving it a shout out uh, because there is one song that went straight to my library called uh, "Daddy's Girl." It's very funny. Me and Matthew have been joking back and forth for the last day about how uh, creepy it is, um, and it's it's just one of those true glam rock songs, like hair rock songs, uh, where um, it's just you know the underage girl type stuff you know so uh yeah and we on our last episode of this podcast when we sign off and never come back we'll do the our top favorite creepy song yes so again yes we'll do that just so we can sign off and not get we're saving that one yeah that's the very very end yeah so when you when you hear us bring that up you know it's coming yep this is the end of the pod um 
dude, I don't have, I don't really have anything else. So, uh, well, I, I well, I got one thing for you, and then, and I guess I just want you to mull this over for the next couple of days. Uh, it's a question I've got for you. It popped up on my timeline, um, and it said, "What album?" I'm not talking about albums. I'm not talking about lists. What album had the biggest impact on you as a teenager? And that shit has been in my head for the last day that I saw it. And I was like, you know what? I really want to give this some thought and uh, and think about this. I don't think this is a whole show's worth. Um, it's just, you know, it, I mean, it's just one of those things, kind of like homework or like anything else. It's a question you can answer in long form when you think about it. You can answer it in five seconds, like however you want. But I want to think about that one before our next episode. And uh, and maybe we can uh, throw each other our, our one that we we feel is ours. Um, but, yeah, so you hear, you heard it live. You got something to look forward to. You're going to hear uh, you're going to hear mine and Matthew's uh, album record that uh, impacted us, our biggest impact as a teenager. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, dude, do we got any homework? Well, real fast. Okay. Uh, recommendation. Uh, Luke Combs released a cover of Fast Car. Not not bad. It's actually really good. It's decent. Like Because uh, that song was very synonymous with Tracy Chapman. Yep. Um, we talked about her before. Um but so they do countrify it. They don't like speed it up or it, very much largely the same. He's talented. Yeah. Well, yeah, he sounds good and like they, they do a good rendition and it's like said, it's good for a very, very popular song. Kind of like a song that you like, it's so hard to cover because it's, everyone's just not going to tell in comparison yeah. to the original. Well, he don't, he don't redneck it either. You know what yeah, I'm saying? It's not like, they don't over country. It, yes, like, just for the sake of it being country. Kind yeah, of a- I, I agree with you. He took it, and he's got. He's a very good singer. He's a very talented musician. He's a very good singer. He took it and he did it. He didn't try to. Uh, he didn't try to twang it or countryfy it or anything like that. He just yeah. did it in his great. Uh, you know, with his great talents, and uh, and I agree with you. It's, it's very catchy. It's good. It, he does it justice. So uh, for homework, um, already to kind of look through, and this is uh, this is that random. This okay. is a chart. You know, it's kind of going through the charts and choosing the popular, actually the popular album. So we'll just do the, the artists in general. Um, Olivia Rodrigo. Oh. A yeah, young pop starlet. Um, kind of uh, came on hot. Uh, I think, uh, well, she's been popular for a little while. But um, her big album last year, I want to say it won some Grammys. So it's very, you know, very successful. Again, uh, well, I guess we'll listen to uh, Olivia Rodrigo. This should be fun because I don't know anything about her. I don't know. Uh, I don't know any songs, and I'm sure that I'll uh, remember. I will have. I will listen and say I've heard this song uh, or that one. But uh, but going in, I don't know anything about her. Should be a lot of fun. Um, and Matthew, uh, we'll think about the topic. Well, um, you got something. Well, because with her, it'd be it'd be kind of a fun tie-in because she's. Most famous, and this is probably ring, ring some bells. She's um, famous for not plagiarizing because she does give credit, but most famous for some of her songs taking inspiration from other artists. Oh, so her most famous okay. song, "Good for You," um, it was very much compared to a Paramore song. It's like I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, I told you the name of the song, so we'll see if you kind of. Hear the similarity, yeah. But uh, but she, but but she gave her more credit. She gave credit for uh, to Taylor Swift for another song. So that's weird already. Yes, yeah, so I don't think we've uh, talked about plagiarism or 
or as far as uh, in the music world, I don't think. Let's dig into it, dude. So we'll talk about maybe some famous examples yeah. and just our general opinion. Yeah, because there might be something that we talk about on Sunday that um, we might agree or disagree on that uh, you might not think it's a big deal, or I might not, and the other one might think so. You know what I'm saying? Th- yeah. This has got some legs to it. It's got some roots. So, uh, yeah, like, like yeah. our conversation we had a few weeks ago about... Was it live? Oh, bands playing live. Yes. And well, how we felt about them playing the tracks. Yeah. Um, that was, I think, for us personally, that was a very memorable conversation. Yep. We enjoyed it. It was like, it wasn't a list. It was kind of, kind of serious, but it was still at the same time. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff to, of course, uh, dig into there. So, uh, yep. So we'll take talk about plagiarism. All right, you heard it here, guys. Uh, you heard it live. We're going to be doing a Sunday. We're going to turn around, do a episode on short rest because that's what we do. Again, apologize for last week and being late, but here we are. Uh, next episode, Olivia Rodrigo uh, plagiarism episode. You're going to hear some good stuff. I think I got some controversial ones uh, up my sleeve. Maybe not. You might disagree. You might not. Um, But I want to say before we get out of here, thank you so much for listening. As always, it's been probably, no, not probably. It's been our biggest week of listenings. Um, So you guys are doing it, man. You're listening, and I appreciate it so much. Uh, Puts a smile on my face. We're going to keep doing this stuff. Uh, We're going to keep getting more and more interesting, more and more fun uh, because, you know, we love this shit. We just love it. So, again, I appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you in a few days. Love you guys. Peace. Peace.